So we are in a series called Dreamers, and I had a great week talking to a number of people after services last weekend and then through this week, and I was so blessed to get to hear about some of the dreams that are stirring in people. There are some things I had no idea that maybe got left behind years ago or things that were actually brewing in people that they just hadn't communicated. Almost like people felt free to express and to share. There's kind of a new level of faith in the atmosphere to declare the things that people believe God had put in them. They're stirred up. And I think that's exactly what my intention was. I believe that's what God's intention was, is to stir some things up in us, to get them kicked up moved up to the surface so they weren't just settled down in the bottom of the tank, so to speak, like sediment. They kicked it up and get it moving and turning in us. We know that Paul said, Timothy, I I see fit when I lay hands on you that you got stirred up in the gifts that were in you. So when God moves in our heart and our spirit, there's just no way around it. Things get stirred up. And I loved hearing those stories. And we talk about raising up game changers, which is basically people who are walking in their God-given purpose and destiny. They're flourishing in the calling that God has for them on their lives. I think that dreams and desires of our heart that God puts in us are imperative to us going after and walking in that destiny and that calling that God has for us. So getting stirred up is a good thing. And we talked a lot about how to steward a dream to fulfillment. Stewarding a dream. Carrying a dream. Because God makes deposits in us at different points and seasons in our lives. But these deposits of desires in infancy stage... They must be nurtured and matured along through seasons in our lives to reach a place of birthing and fulfillment. And so stewarding a dream is something I think that we as Christians, all of us, must understand how to do, how to carry it and see it through to fulfillment. Tonight I want to talk to you about something that I believe is incredibly important to us carrying that dream. And that is the condition of our heart. The condition of our heart along the way. Because our heart, we know, or the inner man, which is what the Bible refers to often as the heart. That's the spirit, the deepest inner part of who we are, out of body, mind, and spirit. says that the desires God puts in us are desires of the heart. So they're in the deep recesses. They're they're in the deepest, most miraculous, mysterious part, really, of who we are. It's the place where dreams reside. I would say it like that. So if that be the case, Pastor Guy, then the condition of our heart at any moment in time where these desires are residing and nurturing and growing, the condition of our heart is of critical importance. Does that make sense? And I think what you'll see tonight as we go through the message, that yes, the condition of my heart is critical to carrying my dreams. 
but that there are things that we must know, the Bible tells us that we must be aware of so that we protect and nurture the condition of our heart, of our inner man. Paul said, I pray above all things that you would be strengthened in your inner man. Saying, I pray you have a strong spirit. I pray the heart is strong so that the inner part of you where God's doing the work and where he's communing with your spirit, that that place is healthy at all times and strong and growing. So open your Bibles with me to the 37th Psalm. This psalm is one of several that we call wisdom psalms. And they're called wisdom psalms mainly because a a great portion of the stanzas in the psalm actually mirror verses that we see in Proverbs, right? The wisdom verses. And so they're called wisdom psalms, and this is one of them. So let's read, starting out, uh, verses 1 through 10. This is a psalm of David. It says, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Hallelujah. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. We're going to stop there at verse 9, actually. Those are some strong verses, aren't they? A great psalm from a great man. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name. So we're here tonight, and we're approaching you about how to handle the dreams and desires that you're putting in us. Our intention is to steward them and carry them well, that they might reach fulfillment. And really, ultimately, God, our intention is that you would be glorified by that. (laughs) But we need you. We need your wisdom. We need your discernment. We need your strength. And I'm asking you tonight to reveal some things to us that are important by way of carrying and stewarding dreams. Help us to see how to continue to keep our hearts healthy, God. The condition of our heart right before you. For you deserve that. You are worthy of that. But like all things, we are amiss on our own and desperate for you. So in faith, we believe we come to you tonight, and what we ask for, we will receive. Move in this place, Holy Spirit, blow like a wind 
move like fire on the hearts of your people. We are hungry and anxious for you, God, and nothing else will satisfy us. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, a number of things we'll look at here in these verses, but I want to start out, my first point is that we have to have a healthy heart. As I said just a second ago, the heart uh, is the seat, let's say, of our being. Right? It's the innermost part of us, the place where our dreams, desires reside. You could say that the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us in our inner man. So it's in this place where the Holy Spirit communes with our spirit deepest place of who we are. In the New Testament, the word heart is a Greek word actually called cardia, cardia, which is where all of our medical people will be quick to conclude this, is where we get the term cardiac, right? If you're going to go to the heart surgery department in a hospital or medical unit, you're going to go to the cardiac care department, cardia, heart. I like this analogy because the heart, the organ in the body, is the central place, let's say, in our, in our body, but it pumps blood to every other part of our body. It is responsible for that. It pushes the blood or the life flow. We know the Bible tells us the life is in the blood. So the heart is pumping life into every part of your body. Are you with me so far? We hear the Bible tell us many times about our heart and desires of our heart, but it's actually not talking about the organ, the physical heart. It's using like language that we understand, but it's talking about the spirit. And listen to me, it means that everything that's happening in our spirit man is basically pumping or flowing into all of the other parts of our lives. You want the quality of your relationships to be good? Let me tell you, your heart better be healthy. You want the quality of your gifts, talents, and abilities that are being used to work for God to be effective? Let me tell you something. Your heart needs to be healthy. All things in our lives that we are in, in involved in or doing outwardly are actually flowing from a place inwardly. You hearing me? Listen to this. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Another translation says guard your heart. I actually like that a little better. Guard your heart with all diligence. Protect it. Guard it like a watchman on a wall. That's what that means. But it says, out of the heart flow or spring forth all of the issues of life. To spring forth is, is like a constant gushing stream or fountain. Some of you might know where I'm going with this now. It's like a constant rushing and gushing force and stream of living water. A spring comes up naturally. It never stops running and it constantly brings pure 
life-giving water. So our hearts and the quality of what's happening there in our inner man is irrigating all of the areas of your life. It's sending all the things that's in there. It's sending that to the parts of your life, your dreams, your desires that you are actively pursuing and going about. Now, if the heart, let's say, had unhealthy blood, toxic blood, polluted blood, and it just kept pumping, let me ask you, what would happen? Everything the blood flowed into would become infected. Does that make sense? But when the heart is healthy, and the blood that's flowing through the heart into all the parts of the body are healthy, then everything continues to grow and thrive as it's meant to. And so in these verses that we see from David, from the psalmist, he's telling us, saying, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. But in these verses, he says a couple of times, he says, don't fret or don't worry, or don't let your heart be troubled. And we're going to talk about what are the things he's pointing out that can trouble or bother your heart, but I just want to make these points, first of all, that if we allow our hearts to get polluted, if we allow our hearts and the condition to become unhealthy, then everything we're trying to carry, everything we're trying to steward, everything we're trying to live for is going to be contaminated as a result of that. All right, let me show you something in uh, John chapter 4, verse 13. You probably remember this. Jesus said to the woman at the well, he said, whoever drinks of, the wa- of this water, he was speaking about the well water, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give will become in him, listen to this, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. He later said in John 7 that rivers of living water would flow out of our bellies. You get that? What Jesus is saying is when I get in there, When I I get in your heart, when I get in there in your spirit and you let me begin to do the work that I intend to do, it's not just like a little stream of water. It's not just like a little trickle. This is a fountain, I mean a fountainhead, a wellspring of explosive force that is gushing life-giving water abundantly into every area of your life. That's what Jesus wants to do. And that's the kind of health of a heart of a heart condition that's healthy and that is continuing to be moved by the things of God. Those things cannot help but make their way into your dreams, your desires, your relationships, your daily conversations in every part of your life, the issues of your life. Is that making sense tonight? I remember whenever uh, our fourth daughter, Evelyn, was a baby. And 
Katie and I were in bed. Katie just got done nursing her. It was in the evening. And she started to, you know, do one of those. And Katie's not good with puke. She'll tell you to. She doesn't do puke. I've done all the puke for our entire lives. No, I'm just kidding. So, so Evie's, I mean, you can tell she's getting ready to launch, you know. And so she grabs her and she goes, here. <laughs> she hands her to me. And Pastor, and her, you know, her tummy's like erupting and stuff. You can see the, and you're like, oh man, it's coming any second. And Pastor, the only thing that I knew to do at that moment, the most logical conclusion and solution I came up with was I put my hand over her mouth. I'm going to plug it, Shane. How many of you think that worked? Try and imagine, like, putting your hand over a fire hose. It's spraying out the sides everywhere, like, pressure. I'm like, oh! <laughs> Finally, got her cleaned up, the bed sheets changed and everything else. And I thought, man, I don't, that was a futile attempt, right? I mean, that was coming out no matter what I did. And the pressure, I mean, the pressure that was behind that. And I use that funny story tonight to try to just paint a little bit of a picture for you that when, oh, when God is moving and disrupting and turning and doing things in your heart, in your inner man, and you've given him place and permission, your will only, God, and not my own, do whatever you want. And he's stirring in those inner recesses, and he's doing things inside. Then that living water, that, that power that God wants to bring forth is just going to explode. It's going to pour into and it's going to irrigate with the healthiest, purest, best living water all the things in our lives that we want to go out and do that are meant to bring Him glory and honor. You see, our dreams are not able to be irrigated by unhealthy water. And, and David says in his Psalms, he says, you've got, or the Proverbs says, you've got to guard this place. And he says, don't fret or don't worry. Now let's talk about a few of those things because those are really important. These are things that can pollute the condition of our hearts. He says, don't worry about evildoers who have success. Now I want to go here for just a minute because... If you're like me, this is definitely something that you have wrestled with before. I think any Christian, if they've been a Christian for even a short time, has had to ask this question before or think about or wrestle with this. I'm struggling. I'm going through hard times. My dream I'm carrying hasn't been fulfilled yet, but I look around and there are all these evildoers, wicked, ungodly people in the world who seemingly are prospering. Would anybody be honest tonight and say, I've thought that or I've wrestled with that before? This psalm's for you. Because David says, don't worry about that. Don't let your heart 
be troubled by that. That'll disrupt the health in your inner man if you allow that thing to gnaw at you. He says, don't fret, don't worry about when evildoers seem like they're prospering, when ungodly seem like they're prospering. Because he says, it'll fade like the grass. He says, God will settle all accounts. Okay? So let me say it bluntly. Your dreams and my dreams, desires that God has for us, our calling, are not in competition with anyone else. They are not. God is not diminished in His ability to bring your dreams and desires to fulfillment because other people are prospering and succeeding. I mean, come on. Do we think big enough of our God if we would ever think that? But here's what David's saying. If you allow envy, if you allow those things to gnaw at you, it's going to corrupt your heart. It's going to pollute your heart, and that's going to start flowing into everything that you do. He says you got to beware not to allow that to happen. Let it go. And trust that God will settle all these things. He is the perfect judge. Go with me to Jeremiah chapter 2. And I want to show you one more thing before we move on to the next point. And we're talking about a healthy heart. So Jeremiah, inspired by God, he's prophesying to the people of Israel. And listen to what he says in this this correction and this rebuke essentially verse 12 he says be astonished O heavens at this and be horribly afraid i love this he's basically saying i call all of the heavens to attention to bear witness to this (laughs) this is a major deal he says in verse 13 for my people have committed two evils they have forsaken me the fountain of living waters And have hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, if you're familiar with a cistern and how it works, they're designed, and especially back in these days, they would build these cisterns in the ground to collect rainwater or runoff water. It was kind of dirty and dingy water, obviously, but it was a way to collect water. But God says, he says, they've turned away from living water in order to build cisterns to collect, you say like this, inferior water. They're filling their cisterns with inferior water. When all along, They have had access to pure, life-giving, spring, fountainhead, wellspring, never-run-dry living water. Now, I think you would probably quickly ascertain that he's not talking about water. He's not saying 
uh, they stopped getting water from the springs in the land and they built cisterns to gather runoff water. That's not what he's saying. He's talking about their hearts. He's talking about their inner man. He's talking about, they, they had an opportunity to be with me, for me to be their God, and them to be my people, and to walk under my covenant, and my provision, and my blessing, and everything that I wanted to do, and my promises for them, and they have turned away from life-giving water to gather and collect runoff, inferior water, and cisterns and they're actually breaking and they're leaking out. <laughs> so here is one of the things that could come at us as Christians trying to carry God-sized dreams. We have access to living water. Fresh, life-giving water. But we can be tempted at times by our flesh and the things in this world to turn and begin to gather and fill our heart with inferior water that is runoff water in the world system and the cares of this world in this day and age that we live in. Am I caught up in everything that is happening that are cares of the world, things that the world is trying to get me to accept or to get me to partake of when I do that, I begin, you see what I'm saying? I begin to gather polluted water and to fill the inner part of me with the kind of water that's going to go into other areas of my life and it just becomes this downward spiral from that point on. And God says that they've, they've committed a great offense. They've turned away from living water to fill their cisterns with inferior water. And so I say again, if we want to see God-sized dreams and desires that He puts in us get nurtured, matured, grow to fulfillment, they must be irrigated with healthy water, not polluted water. If you're with me, say, I'm with you. Point number two, delight in the Lord. Delight in in God. I don't know if you know this or not. But a life with God is incredibly joyful. You do know that. It's incredibly joyful. The psalmist says, delight in the Lord and then he'll give you the desires of your heart. Meaning, intimacy in a relationship with Jesus is the base of this fountainhead. I mean, this is the central thing that God is always up to. Closeness, intimacy. And when you find it, it'll, it'll be delightful because he's incredible. But intimacy must be cultivated. But it's always God's desire. Think about this. All of the miracles that God has done throughout history People bear witness to the miracles, they see, they believe, they put their trust in God, and then they walk with Him, and then they're close with Him. Everything He does is designed to bring us close to Him. I mean, at the core of Scripture, it is the story of the gospel. 
Jesus comes, does the most miraculous thing that's ever been done, dies for our sins so that we can be forgiven. We see or we hear and we believe, put our trust in him, and then we come into relationship with him and then we're close with him. I don't know if this amazes you like it does me, but to know that everything my God is up to on his throne in the heavens is all about getting me closer to him, I am not worthy of that. I don't deserve that. And frankly, it astonishes me that God is always busy and at work trying to accomplish that. Remarkable. Thank you, Jesus. He says, delight in him. Enjoy the wonders of his fellowship. Get on fire in this relationship. Build an intimacy with Jesus. And watch and see how all the things in your life don't start to get improved and enriched because the flow of life-giving water is touching everything in a fresh and new way. Intimacy. You know, when Katie and I were uh, on vacation last month, we got to go some places, see some things that we've never seen before, the kids as well, and they were some breathtaking sights. But I was thinking about that this week, and as amazing as some of those experiences were, we got to go to the Grand Canyon and see that, unbelievable. Uh, as amazing as some of those experiences were, you know, I think what made them most special was that we did them together. You with me? I thought about it. I thought, if I took all of them out of that experience and I just put myself there, it'd probably be okay. But it was incredible because of the people that I was able to share it with. See, what made the moment what made the experience wasn't so much the experience, it was who was there with me. And I'm trying to get you to see this is the heart of the Father. To delight in Him, to be fully satisfied in Him and in Him alone, where there is no rival. And when that be the case, I'm telling you, frankly, it doesn't matter what experience you have. If it's a mountaintop or it's a valley, it doesn't really matter because as long as he's there with you, it is a delight and a joy because the beauty is in the fellowship and the intimacy and not all of the external things that are happening as a result of that. And when we get it, I really believe when you get it and experience it, you peer into it, you begin to understand what it really is all about. A relationship with Jesus and the intimacy that burns in you that begins to flow into every part of the life that you live. And everything that you do is blessed because of what's flowing into it, how healthy things are on the inner man. You see, as we build that intimacy the desires and the dreams that we have, maybe you've thought like, 
you know, I don't know really what my dreams are and all that. Let me tell you something. As you begin to get close with the Holy Spirit, as, as you build that intimacy and your relationship with the Holy Spirit in you, your desires and dreams, this is miraculous, amazing. Your desires and dreams start to bend and move and shift to actually become and align with the desires and dreams that God has for your life. Isn't that amazing? That's a result of being close to him. I don't want what he doesn't want for me anymore. I don't want it. You couldn't pay me to take it. I only want what he wants for me. And the desires that grow and burn in me, they line up with what his word says about me and who I am and what he's saying to me in the still small voice of my heart that he has for my life. I want what he wants and I don't want what he doesn't want for me. And being very frank with you, I couldn't always say that. That was not always where I was at. But the closer I got to God and the closer I got to Jesus, the more and more it, it, it became easy to just let go and turn away from the things that weren't His and to just keep laying hold of the things that He has for me. As Paul says, pressing forward, baby, to reach up to that upward call in Jesus Christ. That's what I reach out for. That's what I look to lay hold of. That's what moves me. And nothing that's not of God will move me forward in my life anymore. Hallelujah. To delight in Him. The bad times with God are far better than the great times without Him. Would you agree with me on that? Hallelujah. Last point, number three, feed on his faithfulness. Oh, so good. So good. Feed on his faithfulness. You see, I love that he tells us right here in these verses that delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You see, you and I, whether you realize this or not, we have a complete and total dependency upon God for any of our dreams to come to pass. It's through His power. The dreams from our all-powerful God require His power to activate, accelerate, and fulfill them. So you can't do it on your own. Let me say it that way. His power in us is the only thing capable of bringing those things to pass. And so he says, feed on his faithfulness. He says, dwell in the land that's yours and then feed on his faithfulness or graze steadily on his faithfulness. Now let me start by telling you this. This is not a metaphor. This is speaking about our hearts feeding on the faithfulness of God. So when we have a close and intimate relationship with God, we begin to see him for who he is. One of the things that we discover is that he is always faithful. 
In fact, let me read you just a couple of verses. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Aren't you thankful for that? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope, for without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So we actually improve the condition of our heart. We, we strengthen our inner man when we look upon, acknowledge, and trust in the faithfulness of God at all times. His unwavering faithfulness. So that if He made a promise, or He intended to bring something to pass, or He spoke, spoke it, or He authored it, there's something in your spirit that hooks in with the character and nature of God's faithfulness that says, well, my God is faithful. He's always faithful. And no matter what I see in the natural, I know that God will be faithful to bring this thing to pass. And we look back and we acknowledge the other times in our life where we've seen his faithfulness displayed. And as we, as we take that in, it feeds and nourishes our heart, our inner man, and it keeps things healthy so that we are operating. Everything that's flowing out into our life is coming from a place of complete health. He says, feed on his faithfulness. Graze on it. Have a steady diet of it. Constantly filling that, that inner part of you, not with polluted water, but with life-giving, transformational, all-powerful truth that you would feed on that. And just as when you feed in the natural on things, foods, and drink that are healthy and good for your body, and it continues to keep your body healthy and strong, when your spirit is feeding on the faithfulness of God and the truth of God, it will continue to keep your spirit man, the deepest part of you, I say again, strong and healthy and ready to go out and do whatever God's calling you to do, to carry dreams and desires of your heart, but carry them where they are in a healthy place and they are being irrigated at all times by life-giving water. And he says, dwell in the land and feed on the faithfulness. I love that. He means sit down, rest, oh, rest. Occupy the place of your inheritance. Did you get that? The place of your inheritance. Act like you belong there. Act like you're supposed to be there. God prepared this place for you. Your inheritance, your promised land, the full promises and full breadth of the inheritance of God that passes through to a child of God only because of the blood of Jesus Christ that makes a way. Oh, he says, sit down, rest, dwell in that place, and then feed on the faithfulness of God. As we dwell in the inheritance of who we are in Christ, our identity, it's, it's so secure. 
fully secure in Him. It's unthreatened. Who we are in Christ and our inheritance and the things that God has for us that we only begin to really peer into probably in a lifetime. Sit down, get comfortable, occupy the place, know you belong there, rest while you're there, don't be agitated and anxious, and graze on nothing but healthy pasture that's everywhere around you, flowing from the living God. Oh, hallelujah. And when we do that, God, our inner man, I know this is why Paul was saying, oh, above all things, I pray that you would be strengthened by the spirit of his might in your inner man. He said, I pray that you'd have a heart or a strong heart. I pray you'd get strong in your heart. You'd have a healthy heart. Your spirit would be able to rule over your flesh and other things in this world. And that would continue to bring that flow of life-giving water into everything it is that you are called to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I believe the Spirit of God is speaking to people tonight, encouraging people tonight. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord says, guard your heart. Be a watchman on the wall. Don't be like this place with gates that are wide open and abandoned. And anything can just travel in and out freely as it chooses. Understand the significance of the place of your heart and guard it with all diligence. Be careful to tend to it. Do not allow the the polluted water of the cares and things of this world to trickle in and flow in and produce something unhealthy in the place that God wants to do His work. Ah. I'll close with this. Verse 10. No, 9. For those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Hmm. Now let me tell you something. This is exactly what my spirit leaped and said this week when I was reading these verses. I've been studying over these for weeks, getting ready, you know, for this. And... This week, as I was reading, this is what my spirit said when I read that verse. Those who wait on the Lord will inherit the earth. We're talking about dreams and desires. And I thought a lot about different things that are desires God's been stirring up in my heart to accomplish for him. But when I read that, Steve, when I read, those that wait on the Lord shall inherit the earth, my spirit leaped to me, and here's what I said. Now that's a dream. Now that's a dream. Because the Bible says that those who are in Christ, when he returns, that we'll inherit the earth and we will reign with Christ. And I thought, wow, all the other dreams that I have are, they're great, they're from God. But that's a dream. That's a desire. And if God has created me to be there, if his plan is for me to occupy that place with him in eternity and to inherit these things, then I know my heart is meant to be burning 
with passion for that dream and for that desire. And I pray tonight that that dream and that desire would begin to burn in you as well. I'm praying that it burns in me more and more. Because that is a picture of a dream that goes beyond even what this world and this life has to offer. And I want to be moving towards that with every day of my life. Amen? Do me a favor. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you are here tonight, maybe you say, okay, I, I, I want to dream with God. I, I want to know what God has for me. I want His desires for my life to be my desires. How do I get there? Well, I want to tell you, that it all begins with what you do with Jesus. You see, without Jesus, there is no way for us to accomplish that. Jesus makes the way. We have to accept that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, came in the flesh, lived a perfect and sinless life, suffered and died on the cross shed his blood so that we could be saved and through the shedding of his blood when we confess our sin to him he forgives us of that sin he forgives us he takes it away it's there no more and now that chasm has been closed and now we have access into relationship with God and intimacy can begin to be cultivated. See, Jesus wants to forgive you. Offer unconditional forgiveness. If you'll put your faith in Him, acknowledge your dependency on Him. There's nothing more important than understanding that you cannot do anything to earn that. And that when Jesus forgives your sin, Listen to me. It says, he remembers it no more. Or he forgets it. Now really, to me, this is like just incredible because we're talking about a God who is all-knowing. He knows everything. How could he forget my sin? Maybe you've caught yourself before or you've said by way of a relationship you might have had in your life with somebody that wronged you or hurt you and you reconciled. Maybe you've found yourself saying, well, I'll forgive them, but I'll never forget. And I know that happens in our earthly relationships. We've got to be wise. We've got to know that might change some of our interactions with people based on habits that we've observed. I get that. But what I'm saying is I'm really thankful that God doesn't say that to me. 
say, well, how can he forget when he knows everything? He's all-knowing all the time. All I can tell you is this. The reason he can forget is because he's all-powerful. So he has the power to forget if he chooses to. And why that's so important is because if Jesus forgives our sin, that means when he looks at us, he never again looks at us through the lens of those sins we previously committed. And there is freedom to be found in that. I encourage you tonight, or if you're watching online, wherever you're at, if you've never given your heart to Christ, you've never made him Lord of your life, boy, there's no better time than right now. God's got great desires and dreams for you. A magnificent purpose and destiny. But it all begins by coming into relationship with Jesus Christ. Ask Him into your heart right now. Father, forgive me of my sins. I believe you are the Son of God, Jesus, and that you suffered and died for me so that I could be saved. Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Make me your new creation and help me to live out this life that you've created me for. I can't do it on my own. I need you, Jesus. Come and be with me right now. Amen.